Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top for online edition, you'll see on the drop-down the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in the manual with uh, section 21, What is the Role of Words in Healing? And 22, How Are Healing and Atonement Related? And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which uh, is Lesson 359. God's answer is always some form of peace. All pain is healed, all misery replaced with joy, and prison doors are open, and seen, and excuse me, and sin is seen to be but merely a mistake. Well, let me turn to you, Lori, and ask, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for the call? I do, Lemoyne, and what a grand one it is. Uh, it's from Simeon, the new theologian. Uh, he was an 11th century um, monk, priest, and mystic, and he uh, penned uh, something called Divine Love, a work of poems, to describe his experience. And here's one called What is This Awesome Mystery? What is this awesome mystery that is taking place within me? I can find no words to express it. My poor hand is unable to capture it in describing the praise and glory that belong to the one who is above all praise and who transcends every word. My intellect sees what has happened, but it cannot explain it. It can see and wishes to explain, but can find no words that will suffice, for what it sees is invisible and entirely formless simple, completely uncompounded, unbounded in its awesome greatness. What I have seen is the totality recapitulated as one, received not in essence, but by participation. Just as if you lit a flame from a flame, it is the whole flame you receive. God to answer. Amen.
Thank you so much, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Perfect, huh? Thank you, you guys. Thank you, Lori. So this morning, I have uh, with us in reading, I have Lori and Fran. And with us in listening are Harrison, Ida, and Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to say good morning or Merry Christmas and uh, maybe join the reading list? I would like to help read this morning, Lemoyne. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? Yes, Anyone? good morning. Merry Christmas. It's Mindy, and I can read after Judy. All right. So, since there's so few, I will read after Mindy. Thank you, Harrison and Mindy. Welcome. And uh, I, uh, sorry, I'm slow enough. I had to write them down in the order that you have specified. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, I'll get us started then with the reading this morning in 21. What is the role of words in healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart, not to the words you use in praying. Sometimes the words in the prayer are contradictory. Sometimes they agree. It does not matter. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. Words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion, or at least the control of extraneous thoughts. Let us not forget, however, that words are but symbols of symbols. They are thus twice removed from reality. Lori. Uh, Section 21, what is the role of words in healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart not to the words you use in praying. Sometimes the words in the prayer are contradictory. Sometimes they agree. It does not matter. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. Words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, 
in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion, or at least the control of extraneous thoughts, let us not forget, however, that words are but symbols of symbols. They are thus twice removed from reality. Two, as symbols, words have quite specific references. Even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is apt to be very concrete. Unless a specific reference does not occur to the mind, whoops, whoops, unless a specific reference, referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience. The specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience and the judgment of the asker. The words, then, are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves but stand for the experience, experiences which are hoped for. Thank you, Lori and Fran. Two, as symbols, words have quite specific references. Even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is thought to be very concrete. Unless a specific reverence does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience. The specific things ask for being the bringers of the desired experience in the judgment of the asker. The words then are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves but stand for the experiences which are hoped for. Three, the prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given because this will be received. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of the one who asks. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of his decision offers it to him as he requests. Herein lie hell and heaven. The sleeping Son of God has but this power left to him. It is enough. His words do not matter. Only the word of God has any meaning because it symbolizes that which has, that which has no human symbols at all. The Holy Spirit alone understands what this word stands for. And this too is enough. Thank you, Fran and Judy. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. The prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given because this will be received. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered for the perception of the one 
excuse me. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of one who asks. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist, or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of his decision offers it to him as he requests. Herein lie hell and heaven. The sleeping Son of God has but this power left to him. It is enough. His words do not matter. Only the capital word of God has any meaning because it symbolizes that which has no human symbols at all. The Holy Spirit alone understands what this capital word stands for. And this, too, is enough. It is the teacher of God, then, to avoid the use of words in his teaching. Excuse me. Is the teacher of God, then, to avoid the use of words in his teaching? No, indeed. There are many who must be reached through words, being as yet unable to hear in silence. The teacher of God must, However, learn to use words in a new way. Gradually, he learns how to let his words be chosen for him by ceasing to decide for himself what he will say. This process is merely a special case of the lesson in the workbook which says, quote, I will step back and let capital him lead the way, unquote. The teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives. He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and hears and speaks. He listens and hears and speaks. How beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And Mindy. Paragraph five. Um, Four and five. Four and five, thank you. Certainly sickness does not appear to be a decision, nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory. Excuse me. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness. Mindy. Both? Yes. Mindy, I'm sorry. You're in in 22, and we're still in 21. Um, Manual 21. What is the role of words in healing? Oh, um, I'm a little bit above that. You're, you're below, probably if you scroll down, you scroll too far and scroll back up. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Ah, oh, got it. Okay, now paragraph four. Let me see if this is correct. Is the teacher of God then to avoid the use of words? Oh, that's perfect. 
That's good. good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is the teacher of God then to avoid the use of words in his teaching? No, indeed. There are many who must be reached through words, being as yet unable to hear in silence. The teacher of God must, however, learn to use words in a new way. Gradually, <laughs> like uh, my phone just cutting out on me just now. Hang on. <laughs> Gradually, okay, <laughs> i got to learn how to read in a new way here. Gradually, he learns how to let his words be chosen for him by ceasing to decide for himself what he will say. This process is merely a special case of the workbook lesson, quote, I will step back and let him lead the way, end quote. The teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives. He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and hears and speaks. Five. A major hindrance in this aspect of his learning is the teacher of God's fear about the validity of what he hears. And what he hears may indeed be quite startling. May also seem to be quite irrelevant to the presented problem as he perceives it and may in fact confront him with a situation that appears to be very embarrassing. (laughs) All these are judgments which have no value. They are his own coming from a shabby self-perception that he would leave behind. Judge not the words that come to you, but offer them in confidence. They are far wiser than your own. God's teachers have God's word behind their symbols. I'm going to say that again, and that's a word in capital W. God's teachers have God's word behind their symbols. And he himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit, raising them. Okay, my phone keeps turning off. (laughs) Um, Okay, I guess I'm supposed to repeat that one more time. God's teachers have God's word behind their symbols, and he himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit raising them from meaningless symbols to the call of heaven itself. Thank you, Mindy. And let's see. Harrison, would you just read paragraph five for right now? Okay. A major hindrance in this aspect of his learning is the teacher of God's fear about the validity of what he hears. And what he hears may indeed be quite startling. It may also seem to be quite irrelevant to the presented problem as he perceives it and may, in fact, 
confront him with the situation that appears to be very embarrassing. All these are judgments which have no value. They are his own, coming from a shabby self-perception that he would leave behind. Judge not the words that come to you, but offer them in confidence. They are far wiser than your own. God's teachers have God's words behind their symbols. And he himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit, raising them from meaningless symbols to the call of God, the call of heaven itself. Thank you, Harrison. And hmm, okay, well, it's <laughs> not so. Uh, I don't usually go on the early call, but I did this morning, and I heard something that doesn't really speak of listening. But it does describe, you know, somehow both the place to listen from and what to listen to. So I'll read it here and then uh, I think take a minute before we go into the next section. (laughs) This is from Chapter 15, The Purpose of Time. Section 11, The End of Sacrifice. Paragraph 102. The sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. He comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning, for he is host to God, and you need but invite him in who is there already by recognizing that his host is one and no thought alien to his oneness can abide with him there. Love must be total to give him welcome, for the presence of holiness creates the holiness which surrounds us. No fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ, For the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects 
and whose power protects him. Take a minute for this. Christ comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning. For he is host to God, and you need but invite him in who is there already by recognizing that his host is one. Not sure what to say there. That wasn't my plan, but there you have it. And I think we'll go on with the reading now. Um, and I ask you, Harrison, to read uh, first title and first paragraph in Manual Section 22. 22. How are healing and atonement related? Healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there are no degrees of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a wholly unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea. Just as special areas of hell in heaven is inconceivable. Accept atonement and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept his word 
and what remains to make sickness possible, except his word, and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself as his only function. What is there then he cannot hear? What miracles can be we be with What miracles can be withheld? from him. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. And is there a new reader to carry on with uh, 22, paragraphs 22, 1 and 2? Yeah, this is Sandra. I can do it. Okay, Sandra. Yeah, section title one and two. Thank you. 22. How are healing and atonement related? One, healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there is no degree of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a wholly unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea, just as special areas of hell in heaven is inconceivable. Accept atonement and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept his word and what remains to make sickness possible. Accept his word and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself as his only function. What is there then he cannot heal? What miracle can be withheld from him? Two. The progress of the teacher of God may be slow or rapid depending on whether he recognizes the atonement's inclusiveness or, for a time, excludes some problem areas from it. In some cases, there is a sudden and complete awareness of the perfect applicability of the lesson of the atonement to all situations. This, however, is comparatively rare. The teacher of God may have accepted the function of God has given him long before he has learned all that his acceptance holds out to him. It is only the end that is certain. Anywhere along the way, the necessary realization of inclusiveness may reach him. If the way seems long, let him be content. He has decided on the direction he will take. What more? was asked of him, and having done what was required, would God withhold 
the rest. Well, thank you, Sandra. Back here. Yeah, um, <laughs> no one else here but the reader. So it's back to you, Lori. Uh, paragraph two. That's the progress of the teacher of God may be slow or rapid, depending on whether he recognizes the atonement's inclusiveness or for a time excludes some problem areas from it. In some cases, there is a sudden and complete awareness of the perfect applicability of the lesson of the atonement to all situations. This, however, is comparatively rare. The teacher of God may have accepted the function God has given him long before he has learned all that his acceptance holds out to him. It is only the end that is certain. Anywhere along the way, the necessary realization of inclusiveness may reach him. If the ways seem long, let him be content. He has decided on the direction he will take. What more was asked of him? And having done what was required, would God withhold the rest? Three, that forgiveness is healing needs to be understood if the teacher of God is to make progress. The idea that a body can be sick is a central concept in the ego's thought system. This thought gives the body autonomy, separates it from the mind, and keeps the idea of attack inviolate. Uh, I think we have an unmuted line. If the body could be sick, atonement would be impossible. A body that can order a mind to do as it sees fit would merely take the place of God and prove salvation is impossible. What then is left to heal? The body has become Lord of the mind. How could the mind be returned to the Holy Spirit unless the body is killed? And who would want salvation at such a price? Thank you, Lori. And Bran. Three. That forgiveness is healing seems to be understood if the teacher of God is to make... Wait a minute, let me read that again. That forgiveness is healing needs to be understood if the teacher of God is to make progress. The idea that a body can be sick is the central concept in the ego's thought system. This thought gives the body autonomy, separates it from the mind, and keeps the idea of attack inviolate. If the body could be sick, atonement would be impossible. A body that can order a mind to do as it sees fit would merely take the place of God and prove salvation is impossible. What then is left to heal? The body has become lord of the mind. How could the mind be returned to the Holy Spirit unless the body is killed? And who would want salvation at that price? Four, certainly sickness does not appear to be a decision nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory, 
but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness, both in the individual's perception of himself and of all others as well. Nor is it at this level that the teacher of God calls forth the miracle of healing. He overlooks the mind and body, seeing only the face of Christ shining in front of him, correcting all mistakes and healing all perception. Healing is the result of the recognition by God's teacher of who it is that is in need of healing. This recognition has no special reference. It is true of all things that God created. In it are all illusions healed. Thank you, friend. And Judy. So glad to read this today. Thank you, Lemoyne. <coughs> Excuse me. Certainly, sickness does not appear to be a decision, nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory, but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness, both in the individual's perception of himself and of all others as well. Nor is it at this level that the teacher of God calls forth the miracles of healing. He overlooks the mind and body, seeing only the face of Christ shining in front of him correcting all mistakes, and healing all perception. Healing is the result of the recognition by God's teacher of capital who it is that is in need of healing. So important. This recognition has no special reference. It is true of all things that God created. In it are all illusions healed. So very powerful. When a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten capital who he is. Another's sickness thus, thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he has identified with another's ego and has thus confused him with the body. In doing so, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. Capital Christ, capital name. He will, in fact, be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his capital father did not create bodies. And so he is seeing his brother he is seeing in his brother only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your capital teacher and let yourself be healed. Thank you, Judy. And Mindy. 
Are you on mute, Mindy? Whoops, yes, I am. Thank you. Five. Okay. When a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten who he is. Another sickness thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he is identified with another's ego and has thus confused him with the body. In so doing, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. He will, in fact, be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his father did not create bodies, and so he is seeing in his brother only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your teacher and let yourself be healed. Six. The offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances, and in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to him. Hmm. I need to read that again. The offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances. And in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to him. A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. It is your function to recognize to him that what he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. At one minute, is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving then that healing lies. All else must follow from this single purpose. Thank you, Mindy and Harrison. The offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable applicable to all individuals in all circumstances. And in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to capital H him. A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation 
that has made him sick. It is your function to recognize for him that what he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving then that healing lies. All else must follow from a single purpose. Seven, who can limit the power of God himself? Who then can say who can be healed of what and what must remain beyond God's power to forgive? This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon him because it is not up to them to judge his son. And to judge his son is to limit his father. Both are equally meaningless. Yet this will not be understood until God's teacher recognizes that they are the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement, for he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now he, can he say with God, quote, This is my beloved Son, created perfect and forever so. Thank you, Harrison and Sandra. Um. Okay, seven. Who can limit? the power of God himself. Who then can say who can be healed of what and what must remain beyond God's power to forgive? This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon him because it is not up to them to judge his son. And to judge his son is to limit his father. 
both are equally meaningless. Yet this will not be understood until God's teachers understand, until God's teachers recognize that they are the same that they are the same mistake. Yet this will not be understood until God's teachers recognizes that they are the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement. For he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now can he say with God, This is my beloved Son, created perfect and forever so. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. And we're way past the top of the hour, so... As ever, turn to you, Fran, to lead us in the lessons for the day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are getting close to the end of the second part of the workbook. And the theme we're on is, what am I? And today's lesson is lesson 359. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are open. And all sin is understood as merely a mistake. So we'll go over to, let me say, to the theme, what am I? And I'll read some from that and then we'll go to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What am I? I am God's son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In me is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness itself, for in my purity abides his own. We are the holy messengers of God who speak for him and carrying his word to everyone whom he has sent to us. We learn that it is written on our hearts. Unless our minds are changed about the aim for which we came and which we seek to serve, we bring glad tidings to the Son of God who thought he suffered. Now is he redeemed and as he sees the gate of heaven stand open, before him, he will enter in and disappear into the heart of God. Now we'll go over to our lesson. I mean to lesson 359. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are opened. And all sin is understood as merely a mistake. Father, today we will forgive your world and let creation be your own. We have misunderstood all things. 
but we have not made sinners of the holy sons of God. What you created sinless, so abides forever and forever. Such are we, and we rejoice to learn that we have made mistakes which have no real effects on us. Sin is impossible, and on this fact, forgiveness rests upon a certain base more solid than the shadow world we see. Help us forgive, for we would be redeemed. Help us forgive, for we would be at peace. Lesson 359. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are opened. And all sin is understood as merely a mistake. Five minutes.
Lesson 359. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are opened. And all sin is understood as merely a mistake. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. Mm, amen. Beautiful. Amen. Thank you, friends. Uh, thank you, guys. It's Harrison. You know, I come to realize that all of this, the text, the workbook, the manual for teachers, all comes down to answering the question, who am I? What am I? And therein lies the challenge to me of uh, do I believe I'm this body? And all of the attributes that I ascribe to the body, age, race, gender, um, condition, sickness, health, So when Jesus is trying to tell me uh, throughout the course is you're not what you thought you were. You've never been what you thought you were. And if you should just call that to question and realize that all of the attributes that you have assigned to you really didn't bring you what you wanted. What you really want is peace and happiness and joy. You don't want to be sick. You don't want any of that. But in order 
not to have sickness and death and pain and suffering. You have to give up all that you thought you were. You have to come to the recognition that you've been mistaken. It's a couple of quotes from the text. Son of God, you have not sinned but you have been much mistaken. And it says acknowledge, but that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. How hard it is to have to acknowledge that I have been much mistaken. In thinking that my experience as a body is my experience that I am that experience. I'm that sickness. I'm that attack. I'm that victim of attack. I am no call to God can be unheard or be left unanswered. And his answer is some form of peace. Um, I feel so good. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are open and all sin is understood as merely a mistake. And it's so comforting. In the last line, and I'm reading the last two, last two sentences. Herein does he receive atonement? For he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, <clears throat> accepting him as God created him. 
no longer does he stand apart from God determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now can he say with God, this is my beloved son, created perfect and forever son. That's who we are. That's every last one of us. God's beloved Son created perfect and forever Son. I don't care what you're doing, what you think. You fit. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. That was just very complete and perfect. Totally. Thank you. Yeah, very perfect. Thank you, Harrison. Lovely. Thank you. Really lovely. It's a very, very powerful section to me. The offer of atonement is universal equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances and in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to him. <coughs> you know this these sections of uh, and the lessons coming to the end of the book really, really um, just pull out things that I've read and studied and practiced in the course. And um, There's something in the text, and I can't remember it specifically, but the, the way that um, Jesus Christ speaks of, the only difference between him and us is that he has only God. And there is nothing in between him and God. And we still have this little bit of something that's in between us and God. And, you know, I'm, I'm really coming to um, appreciate, appreciate and understand what that means to me, you know, that um, of which, Harrison, you just spoke so beautifully of that, you know, total and complete relinquishment of this false, uh, imaginary self that Judy thinks she is, you know, which is just an imagination. Any thoughts that she has, any feelings that she has, um, perceptions that she has, she thinks she has alone and separate and in between her and God. And there is no in between that the recognition that God is so intimately involved in every single thought I have, that he knows every thought I have, that he knows every perception that I have, that he knows every feeling, every, every emotion, every, he's intimately involved with every experience 
in every present moment that I am experiencing, he's experiencing with me as one with me. And Lori, that that opening today just really, it really expressed very well in words something to me that is inexpressible, but it tries to express that. Um, that there's no, there's no loss of that intimacy of experiencing my connection and oneness with everything, be it a taste, I, whatever I'm tasting, I'm one with, because that's how God knows everything as he tastes himself. And everything that he smells, he smells as himself. And everything that he breathes, and and, and 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 feels in the sense of touch. Every everything that whispers his name to him in, in sounds and words, everything being an echo at every sight and I think that's you know I love the way you started us off, Lemoyne, um, about listening to the one voice, you know, which speaks of hearing, listening to the Holy Spirit, it's the one voice. What are the role of words? That words are just symbols and it doesn't matter. It's the intimate experience of knowing. And, 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 and healing and atonement, how do we see? Only seeing through the, through the eyes of Christ, through the one singular spiritual eye of Christ. <laughs> it's like this is just, it's knocking my socks off today. I, if I had them on, I don't think of any socks on. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the one only listening. So in the intimacy of um, my experience, experiencing my oneness with God, I'm only seeing. I am is only seeing. I am is only listening. It's welcoming and receiving everything as itself. And there's no Judy in between that. And I'm just so grateful that I'm, I'm really coming to know uh, what it means to be myself, capital self, as, one, as oneness with everything in and as itself, in and as the intimate experience of everything as itself. So, enough out of me. I just am so grateful that um, we could join together in the the birthing of the Christ consciousness in all of us today and hold that universal truth, that offer of atonement that is universal, the universal call to awaken up into Christ consciousness that is consciously aware of the intimacy of experiencing everything, with everything, as its capital self. Amen. I'm complete. Joy to the world. (laughs) Amen to that. Thank you, Judy.
one last thought just to bring the lesson in for today in where it speaks of God's answer being always being peace that peace that peace of God um, that is the stillness the stillness and the quietness the peace of God that opposes nothing absolutely no opposition to anything in it that allows me to listen capital listen to a capital voice and that peace that allows me to see to see with the eyes of Christ because the Christ in me is very still he's the prince of peace isn't that lovely Thank you, Course in Miracles. Thank you, Lord. Lord of Lords. Amen. Oh, that's for sure. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Now remember what the what the text said. Words are necessary here. <laughs> oh, I remember something Lee said to me this morning. Oh, it's so funny because you know when I pray before I go to sleep at night, um, and I quietly speak with God. There's a line in the text that says the only the most natural. <clears throat> thing in this world is to talk to God. It's the only natural thing in this world, to talk to God our Father. And um, I remember being in a state of longing, longing to hear, hear, listen and hear the voice of God in me and and saying, but I, I can't hear him. He's not talking to me because he wasn't speaking in words. And Lee said, your longing for God is his longing for you. And I'll never forget that. It's like my calling for the love of God is God's love for me calling to me, and it's one and the same love. There's no difference and no distinction and no degree or no separation in that. There's no in between that. Just thought I had this morning. Thank you guys for being here. That's really awesome, Judy. Glad you shared that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Thank you. This um where and are you Lori, guys? This is Yeah. That one last line in in um hearing the voice, hearing his capital voice so that I know that it's my voice, so that I can speak it. I've, I heard you say that to me one time, and it, it just went right through me, and it was so powerful. Thank you. Excuse me for interrupting. Mm. No, not at all. Not at all. It's, um, I love the line in this, this reading in, in the fifth paragraph of the 
section 21 about words. <coughs> um, regardless of the words, it's the Holy Spirit who gives them their power. And uh, boy, that's for sure. I've had lots of lots of occasions where I've used words that had no personal meaning to me, uh, but were heard in a way that um, I couldn't have possibly conveyed myself in words, you know. Um, in the midst of the words that fly from my mouth, the Holy Spirit is there and takes them and gives them um, all the meaning they have, you know. It's just my job, I feel, to um, invest the words with the same certainty with which I hear them, you know. And from there, the Spirit carries them where they need to go. <coughs> and sometimes, excuse me, <coughs> I have had occasions where I've been told to say things that made absolutely no sense to me. In fact, uh, made anti-sense to me, <laughs> you know, the opposite of sense to me. Um, but the thing is, about words like that, um, it comes back. Um, you know, we think we're in linear time that this is, you know, that this day is going to be different than tomorrow or or the past. You know, we're trapped in this linear notion of time. But in reality, um, words that are spoken today may have um, their full bloom at some future time. And at that future time, they come back to me right here where I am and, and complete a circle. Another circle I couldn't have foreseen. Um, but um, gives rise to an experience of, oh, and you did that too, you know, that sense of wonder and awe at what God does, you know. And um, and, and so words have, words have use to the Holy Spirit in ways that the personal mind can't see at all. But what I can do, what, what I must do, what I need absolutely do is be aware of my heart. Be aware of the desire of my heart. Longing? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, longing. But longing for fulfillment even here, even now, even right now where I am. And, um, and for that, God gives us with each other, you see? Um, because we each long for completion and unity and uh, awareness of the self that's so much bigger, so much grander, so much more beautiful, so so very whole. The name for that is Christ. And when I, uh, even now, even here, right now, appreciate um, love's messengers that are gently sent and returns me with loving awareness. Um, why would I need just there's a paragraph, you know, in this reading today. Who who would pay for salvation if it meant death right now? 
you know, if if the awareness of the fulfillment of the longing of for God requires that that death of the body uh, be the payment, who who would long for that? You know, He gives us joy in life now, joy in living now, joy in completion now, uh, joy in each other now, joy in wholeness uh, for the gift of each other now, and. Um, and to be aware that that's what my heart really longs for um, is the work of this Course in Miracles, you know. Um, something you said, Judy, I can't, re- I can't recall precisely the words, but um, reminded me of in Chapter 4, in Love Without Conflict. Um, he, he tells us, let's, let's pray that God keep us mindful of our love for him and his for us. That's the worthy prayer, uh, to be kept ever mindful of our great love for him and his great love for us. And then he goes on to say, in love without conflict, uh, about the prayer of the heart. And and I found this quote, Judy, that something you said reminded me of it. Um, He's telling us, I will never forsake you any more than God will, but I must wait as long as you choose to forsake yourself. Um, let us be very, he says, I will come in response to a single unequivocal call. Watch carefully. Watch carefully and see what it is you are really asking for. Be very honest with yourself about this, for we must hide nothing from each other. If you will really try to do this, you've taken the first step toward preparing your mind for the Holy One to enter, and we will prepare for this together. For once he has come, you will be ready to help me make other minds ready for him. How long will you deny him his kingdom? That That is saying, how long will you deny him his place in your heart? Let's be very honest with each other. Let's have that dialogue with Christ's mind so that we can lay bare to ourselves what it is our heart really desires. And when that's known, when that prayer of the heart is known, you know, you will know the one who answers it. Um, that prayers for the experience of the love of God. You know, because no one can fail who commends his spirit into the hands of his Father. That's that's what he wants me to recognize I'm doing. I'm doing that. And then I will have access, like he says in that fourth paragraph, I'll have access to love's messengers. You know, the messengers of fear that the ego sends, they go to find what it is they fear, sin and guilt evidence of that and differences and all the things that make fear seem real, the evidence of fear. That's what the ego sends. But the Holy Spirit's messengers, love messengers, are gently sent and look for love. And when I recognize myself that that's my prayer, that's what I'm looking for, um, I will be fulfilled 
because he comes in response to any single unequivocal call and gives us the awareness of that which we are requesting awareness of the love of God mine for God and his for me you know ego is so afraid of love and unaware that that is truly the prayer of every heart and when I can open to that um, to me that's accepting atonement for myself recognizing that that's my prayer and that's what he offers the union of human and divine the, the awareness that this is the host of God you know he dwells within and um, with that awareness with that awareness that's the awareness that I am as I was created and so is every living thing as God created that's the truth of all creation it remains as holy as it was when it proceeded from the mind of God and will eternally be holy born of holiness how could it be anything else you know um, where is where is sin now we have a lesson like that where is sin and sorrow now um, it is true enough um, just like he says in the second reading uh, sometimes it takes a while to realize the inclusive nature of atonement that that experience of time um, between my awareness of everything that's included in this perfection and the living out of that perfection there's some time involved there there's a lot of a lot of forgiveness work uh, we talk about peeling off the layers uh, of of my own uh, defendedness you know um, but God is so marvelous he he arranges everything in advance of our experience you know uh, so that everything uh, serves everything in creation serves the awareness of healing everything um, what can I say you know the fact the very fact that we as a group of individuals uh, picked up our phones this morning dialed a particular number gave our awareness and attention to a particular teaching a particular lesson um, pointing every one of us in the direction of unity and healing what can be said about that except that some miracle some wondrous working of holiness behind the scenes arranged all of this so that we could have each other in this moment and share what we experience of the one mind isn't that just the most marvelous miracle ever I mean every single thing that ever happened in my life up to this point served so that I could be here right here right now and talk about the birth of Christ in our hearts um, and and to share that awareness with my holy brothers who 
are one with me. Um, how how perfect is that, you know? And when we hang up the phone and we go on with our day, we each carry that awareness of holiness into everything we do and think and serve today as we share the love of God. Is there anything more splendid than that? And how does that work, you know, in the ripples that move out from us, through us, with the people that we see and enjoy this day? Um, what can you say about that? Except that um, Holy Spirit's really wonderful. And to participate uh, with that is just the most honorable uh, service that I can think of to give. And so I'm very, very grateful for the words of this Course in Miracles, for the lessons of the Holy Spirit, for the holiness in which we were created and so remain, and the love that can pass through us today as we go about our day and as we go to sleep tonight to rest in the love and holiness of our Father. What can be said about all that except I'm so grateful. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here, part of the miracles in my life. And I just am so grateful. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Lori. Beautiful, and thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, <laughs> my holy sister. Thank you, Lori. Lemoyne, is there something you wanted to share? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a lot of 21, you know, strictly speaking. Words play no part at all in healing. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. 
words can be helpful. But they're removed from reality. I like the elaboration from a course of uh, course of love, where it says that words are symbols based on a concept. A you know each word generally a concept or a limited a specific reference, as it says, and the concept itself just represents an idea and that is that is the realm of reality it's the wordless idea but you know all we have in our seemingly separate form to communicate ideas it seems are are these word thingies. So I I I think I couldn't say that they're necessary <laughs> but I understand they can't you know, shouldn't try to avoid words. Right? So there's many who must be reached to words being as yet unable to hear in silence. And, you know, I think that silence is always there. It's just uh, gets drowned out. So, um, this thing of learning how to let words be chosen for me has been an interesting thing. Um, no. And I can see how a lot of the dysfunction in my life trained me for that, you know. But I can't have it be something of fear or escape to not use words that way. So, you know, I have to be willing, you know, I'm got the step back part down too well, perhaps, and construed wrongly, so then it's hard to let him lead the way. So, there is that. But I think in terms of what there is to put out there on the silence, it should be, you know, um, aligned with it somehow. So but there's that should word. Did you drop off? Are you complete?
I had a little bit hung up on the major hindrance there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, you know. Man, maybe I'm played out. Um, as far as words well, go, I like to... Whoops. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just going to say... No, I was just... That there's no difference between healing and atonement. They're identical. That's all. Go ahead, friend. I was just going to say goodbye. I have to go. I have to start the Christmas plans. <laughs> it's like after 11 here. So it's been great being with you guys this year. I really love you all, and I appreciate it. And I look forward to it every morning. I really do. Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, yeah. friend. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. That's what I love about it. Five days a week. Perfect. (laughs) See ya. Bye-bye. Okay, see And thanks, everybody. This is Sandra. I'm going in and out because I got stuff that I'm doing getting ready for people. Um, Thank you for being here. So appreciate you guys. Thank you, Sandra. So appreciate you. Merry Christmas, Sandra. Yeah, I really should get going, too. I also have people coming (laughs) probably in about an hour. Anyway. I guess no more words are necessary. uh, Yeah. Have a blessed Christmas, everyone. Thank you. So grateful. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Gotta go. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. You know what? I still got you on the line, Lemoyne. I um, would like to look look a little further into um, the, the text today where it speaks about how teachers of God fail to heal. Because we have forgotten, I've forgotten who I am. Another sickness thus becomes my own. In allowing this to happen, I have identified with another ego that's confused him with the body. In so doing, I have refused to accept the atonement for myself. So, <clears throat> in learning what that statement means. I'm, I am accepting the atonement for myself. I am accepting myself as God created me, that I am spirit, I am Christ, Christ consciousness itself. And in and, and the service of the spirit, my, my mind is in the service of the spirit. So my mind thinks only with the thoughts I think with God. And... So I can't I can't offer the atonement 
to anyone unless I'm aware of the atonement in myself, that I am Christ consciousness, that I am one, one with everything I see and everything I hear. And in fact, I'll be unable to recognize my brother at all because my father did not create bodies. And so he is seeing his brother only as the unreal. As a figure, I'm seeing myself as a figure in the dream and seeing everyone else as a figure in the dream. So this is what the mistake is, the mistake in my self-appraisal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. So if I'm going around thinking I'm a body and I'm that I'm being helpful and sympathetic and loving, I haven't got a clue about what this course is trying to teach me. <laughs> and I've lost my mind. I'm in wrong-mindedness, and I'm not healing myself or anybody else. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. This is where the I love being wrong because I can always remember the peace of God goes with me wherever I go. I I can't lead the way for I've lost it. Turn quickly to my capital teacher and let myself be healed. Now, you know, practicing self salvation every minute of the day is you know become a practice. I'm. I'm mindful of, of my thinking. I'm mindful of my disturbing my own peace. But am I still coming from a sense of a separate self, a separate identity, a, a separate eye image, Judy being the eye image in a body, which I'm recognizing happens a lot, being preoccupied with personal thoughts. So the the mindfulness of thoughts, and the Course says this is a course in mind training, training to watch your mind. That's what the function of the teacher of God is. I have to watch my own mind, or I can't be a healer. I can't be a teacher, right? So I'm just going to going to set that right down there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm started doing the the help me prayer, which is not help me prayer, but the I am here prayer. There's a I am here prayer, and I don't know if I have it flagged, but it's beautiful because it talks about accepting the atonement for myself and... I don't know where it is. So I can't read it. But it's, it speaks of accepting the atonement for myself and uniting my will with the will of God because I know. I know that's the truth to my peace, to my joy and my happiness, that I want to know God's will for me. And here, here it comes, here it comes, being still. Being still because peace is a condition for knowing the kingdom of God because it, because it is the condition of the kingdom of God. In order to know the truth about myself, I have to be still and I have to listen. I have to be still 
and see through the eyes of Christ. So that's my prayer. Go in, go in, 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 in it, inward, and forward. <laughs> Thank you all. I am complete. Yeah, Judy, um, that's, you know, I make no claim to perfection in this, especially given my history of, of withdrawing. But still, um, a still point or, you know, that even if it's just a pinprick of light, that thing of something like, you know, right... Here's the thing. This is a call. And it calls about words, right? So, yeah, words are going to be required at some level. But this is, the first paragraph implies pretty strongly God does not think in words at all. I mean, at all. So, um, and that's how, you know, that that's, it's a negative statement, but it aligns with uh, that we are a thought of God, the unified thought of God, right? So, um, and that's true in all our myriad states of mental <laughs> confusion and clarity and everything in between. Um <clears throat> You know, everything in between the totally upside down and the perfectly clear and all together is is all um, really the Christ, right? So this is this is going back to vision <laughs> and uh, and I think there's a with the vision that would see only the see the forgiven world, so no matter what might be appearing to the body's eyes, there's always the reminder of remembering this is the face of Christ that there is I think a listening that does the same thing. It's listening for the Christ and the other person. Anyway, <clears throat> that in that listening, it, it's also that listening has to be first. That's why the one task is to accept the atonement for yourself, so that then you listen to that one voice inside which is a lie which is you know has the same source like the altar right has the same source of the light the unified perception the purpose and you know the yeah that answer is always some form of peace <laughs> you know it aligns with uh, I feel the peace of God within me now Right, and I think this is one thing the course of love tries to point out. I think more that our is kind of that our feelings as being not body states, but our feelings as states of being 
are closer to the thought of God than the words we think. And that 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 is is the place to come from and speak to to evoke the um, second coming, if you will. <laughs> Let everybody join together and just make an agreement to share. That could do it. That could solve all the problems. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it's like that. That's that's what I have to say. There's a closing. It's been you and just you and me for a while. I'm going to end the recording now, and um, and I I don't know unless you want to unless you want to carry on on the recording. I'm okay with that. What say you, Judy? What's your, what agreement? Good. Oh, it's no matter to me. Do what you will. Okay, I'm going to end it. Yeah.